Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. All right. Hi, everybody. I have Ashley here with me, and we are learning how Ashley was able to go from major meltdown city, chaos, tension in the home, to keeping the peace and feeling like she had to just give in to her youngest HSC to now feeling calm, capable, confident, cool, collected, and knowing exactly what she needs to do to support her children and experiencing their emotions and effectively advocating for themselves without meltdowns. So welcome, Ashley. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you're from, a little bit about your family, and um, and then we'll get started. Okay. Um, my name is Ashley. I'm married, and we live in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And I um, am fortunate enough to have two HSCs, um, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Okay. Um, my daughter is six and my son is nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a therapist. Um, I work with adults and I also work with highly sensitive people. And so, yeah, yeah. a lot, but there's still a lot for me to learn here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we're here, right? And so you yeah. just graduated boot camp um, a couple of weeks ago, last month, right? I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. About a month. Yeah. And, and so tell us what's the biggest result you've gotten after finishing? Let's learn about that. I think the biggest change for me is feeling like I know what we're doing now, mm-hmm. like in terms of just the way it sits in me and how it feels to be in my skin in my own house. I feel like I know what we're doing and how to respond and um, like that it will be okay or that we're working toward things that that um, work for us much better than what we were doing before. Yeah, yeah. So it's certainty, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like a map. It feels like I, like I have a map now, whereas before it was kind of like, maybe I should try to be, you know, like, I don't know, stricter or like, do we need to read one, two, three magic or like, you know, did I already <laughs> screw it up too much to come back you know, from this? And yes. now it's kind of like, okay, I always have this sense of here's the parameters I'm working within. And I know, um, more or less how to approach it. Like I can touch, touch in with where I want to go from here and then have a sense of how to implement it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so important that overarching calmness of, of, of yeah. how to change where you're at and where you keep want to grow and, and parent your kids. And just feeling a lot less lost. Like mm. I think for me, parenting HSCs has been sometimes lonely and confusing because what we're dealing with isn't what a lot of my friends are dealing with, with their kids. Like, um, it's like my, um, I'll, I'll feel like my kids, especially my nine-year-old can do the hard stuff, but not the easy stuff, you know? And so we're having all these meltdowns at, you know, six, seven, and eight that other people have moved beyond, or, um, we're still doing things for our kids that other people aren't doing for them. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't know how to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to me more about that. Let's describe that problem. Before you found me, what was Mm -hmm. your biggest struggles? What were you, what were you really worried about or or frustrated with in in parenting? Um, We were mostly worrying about my six-year-old and the relationship between the two of them. So there was a lot of fighting, um, especially um, my daughter, like, you know, tackling my son or provoking things with my son, like really looking for a lot of negative attention from him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the other thing that we were dealing with a lot was a lot of meltdowns and like kind of non-compliance, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word, with, with her, with our six-year-old. Yeah. And, and we, you know, for a long time, I actually wasn't totally sure what was going on with her. It took a long time for me to identify her as an HSC, mm -hmm. um, because she didn't look the way I thought that they looked, which is how my nine-year-old looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So talk to me about why it was so important for you to fix this now. I mean, like you said, you know, you're a therapist, you, you, you know, some of this stuff, you already knew your oldest was, a, it was a highly sensitive kid. And you yeah. were still struggling. So share with me more about that. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that was different for me about my six-year-old is that she is clammed up. So like you don't get um, much information from her. Um, and it would even be hard to tell, like, was she tracking things that were happening and not able to report it? Or was she even just kind of checked out all the time? Yeah. Um, especially in any kind of social situation or like anything outside the house, yes. inside the house with just us, mm -hmm. she felt really wild and, um, rough, uh, you know, like the, the tackling her brother and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, like her school interactions were really concerning to me, especially as a therapist. Cause I would, because, you know, I, I, I kind of saw in my head all these ways that this could turn out in like 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, she wasn't really talking at school. So she's in, um, first grade now and she did not talk at school in preschool mm -hmm. and then, minimally talked in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, and we started working with you right before she started first grade. Yeah. End of July. Uh, yep. yep. And she would, um, and yet she's always liked people. So like, she doesn't want to stay home and not be around people. She wants to be at everything. Um, but we didn't know what to make of the way she like wouldn't engage once mm -hmm. she got there. And once someone suggested like, let's go do this, she would just follow them and do it. And so we were really worried thinking ahead about like, um, peer pressure, um, lack of like self leadership and making her own decisions and how that might end up for her. Yeah. She really yeah. felt like a follower in that sense. Knowing what you know, as an adult therapist who specializes mm -hmm. working with HSPs, why was it so compelling for you to address this for your kid who's six? I mean, lots of parents who are yeah. listening, watching, um, they, we, we can get into a pattern of seeing something and being like, oh, you know, my kid will grow out of it or, or I have plenty of time to address this. Right. Um, gosh, it all actually happens faster than we expect it to. <laughs> like even with my nine-year-old, I can feel how much less influence I have now than I used to and how much more influence peers have. And so looking at a six-year-old, I knew that if I, if I wasn't in there having some influence and helping her learn how to regulate herself in the next couple of years, then my window would be starting to close already. And she'd either be, um, like copying what other people told her to do to make herself feel a certain way, or she'd have to experiment with like substances or, um, like stuff on the internet or whatever in order to regulate herself up and down. Right. And, um, that's not what I want for her. No, right. <laughs> and you know, no, and no. I think with, with HSPs, you, um, you know, a lot of times there are folks who really can talk about their feelings or like will get sort of looped in feelings. And, you know, that's more like how I see my son, um, like really articulate, wants to talk about stuff. And um, working with those folks as, an, as adults, it's easier to get in because they have this language to describe their internal landscape. And so you have access to it, like even you know, as a therapist working with them as an adult, mm -hmm. but people who don't develop a sense of like, here's where I'm, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's right for me. Um, here's where I want to see this go and can't articulate it. There's not even a really easy way to help them yeah. Yeah. because it's, it's closed off. It's like that, that language wasn't learned. Yeah. And I think the danger around that brings me to uh, an important point that I don't know if you see as well, you know, being a, a professional in the field, but 
in our mental health field, you know, being trained as, as therapists, we can sometimes fall into the trap that we're, we're taught that if somebody can't get there, then they're not ready to change. Uh huh. And you know, that, that perception that, you know, that, that they're not trying hard enough or that they can't, um, that, that, that might, uh, might now might not just be the, now just might not be the right time for them to make the progress they're hoping for if they're coming to, in my door as a therapist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that a lot, like, especially in the sense of a, a therapist wanting to like put blame back on a client, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the therapists who fire their HSP clients, right? Yeah. Like, because well, for instance, like, you know, this is talk therapy and you, and you're having a hard time talking, right? Talk. Like yeah. that makes it, that makes it a tough situation. Um, you might not just, you must not be ready. Yeah. And it's like, these folks need a certain kind of warming up and like actually someone reaching in to teach these skills that maybe other kids come by a little more instinctively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so much easier if your parent does that for you when you're a child. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then to try and figure out it out as an adult. I mean, it is possible as an adult, that's the work I do, you know, but, um, yes. there's so much more that can happen in terms of like growing up, feeling connected and loved and fulfilled. If it was one of your own caregivers who was like, let me, let me help you figure out how to be here this way. Yeah. 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 And we were looking at our six-year-old and thinking, like, you must just feel so disconnected. It was, like, it was so confusing to me. Like, it was, I really had spent years trying to figure out what's, what is it that's going on with her. You know, nothing that the pediatrician sees they thought was off. Or people would just describe her as shy. But I was like, something's really off. Like, there's, I'm not able to, like, connect directly with her. And, you know, I don't want that for her. Right. Your and, mama bear alarm bells were like, yeah, I was like, I know up. something's up here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other piece that I was seeing that, again, wasn't like concerning enough to the teacher, but for me definitely felt off was that I wasn't really seeing her learn at school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and yet I was seeing like, you know, her language is developing, but then she'll only use it in certain situations. And it was it was all very confusing to me. But now I can look back on it and piece it all together and be like, okay, she was overwhelmed yes. in these really stimulating environments. And the way she was so overwhelmed that the way she copes with it was to just shut off. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that I remember in our first conversation when, when you booked a call with me and we talked about, you're like, will this work for a kid like my yeah. daughter? Hey. And I was like, I mean, yes. I, <laughs> that was really that was so eye-opening for me so I um I found your group um through another Facebook group actually that you and I are both in um for moms who have private practices mm -hmm. therapists and um you know at some point someone else had posted about highly sensitive children and they had really en encouraged folks to join um your ninja group and so I'd done that you know, knowing that my nine-year-old was, but also just kind of watching to see, like, is this possible that these two kids could have the same temperament type and yet it manifests so differently, yes. especially, you know, I'm an HSP myself and she's so different from me. Like, mm -hmm. what am I not getting here? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I just, you know, as an HSP, I just watched for a really long time. I know, right? <laughs> You're like, I've been in your group for five months. And I'm like, five months. Yeah. So that's about how long it takes me to really, you know, <laughs> on something. But then when I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, but I was, I was really looking to see, like, so, so part of my skepticism about, like, you know, whether it would be helpful was just as another therapist. You know, I was like, I, I know kind of a lot about HSPs. Like, is there going to be a lot of new information here? And one of the things that really started to get me thinking was you had said you addressed someone talking about um, kids who, who just completely shut out after they make a mistake or do something wrong, shut, shut down, um, especially like, 
you know, like my daughter hits my son or something. And I had never, um, like successfully followed up on an incident like that and had any kind of like dialogue or repair or anything. Like she would just, she would like maybe hit him, disappear to her room. If I came to talk to her, she would, it was like, I wasn't even there. Like she had the stone wall up and he talked about that. And that really got me thinking like, okay, I recognize that really clearly in her. And now I'm, I started to feel clear that I had stuff to learn from you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> take not, that chip off your shoulder, Ashley. <laughs> I guess. Ashley, this is so crazy that you're saying that because you just showed up. Right. <laughs> ready to learn. Like, just was like, like there was no convincing I had to do and, and and everybody has their own journey, right? And I love what I do, so it doesn't matter. But one thing that I just lit up on fire working with you was that you came with like a, a baby's view of the world, regardless of your expertise. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean like ready to yeah, learn? Like just, just to oh yeah, like just just ready to learn. Um took off, took off any old hats that you had, you know, any, any perspective that you had and you were like, okay, I'm here. I don't know what I don't know. And, and and I'm ready to, to just pretend or, you know, or know that, that I need to learn. I'm, you know, I'm here for a reason. I need to learn. That's the definition of coachability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you and I work, do very different work as therapists. Like I do the longer term, like I do the repair for the, for folks who didn't get this. Right. And it looks, it looks a lot different. And I was clear like this, the, the skills that I have, they're often really helpful with my son, but Mm -hmm. they're getting me nowhere with my daughter. I mean, I need to like sit and listen. (laughs) And I was, I was a really serious student in boot camp. Like I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do all of it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, it was great. It was great. And, and so, you know, my, my next question, you know, we talked about your skepticism. Um, but what else did you try before you found me? Um, I mean, I, I personally felt like I was already bringing some stuff to the table. <laughs> so I tried all that. You're like, I tried me. Yeah. <laughs> I tried me and my expertise. Really long time. Uh, <laughs> used that up. Um, I had done some other parenting workshops that were, that were um, like kind of like attachment based discipline or whatever, you know, I mean, or whatever, how to toddler management and stuff. Um, and I had done a lot of reading, but I have always felt like we, and I think this might just be the case with HSCs, like it just didn't all fit us. Yeah. Like, like we weren't that simple or straightforward. And like I said, we were having a harder time with the simpler stuff in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, if only I had known you when we were still fighting about brushing teeth, but like, you know, that was years for us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of struggle. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that like other kids were brushing their own teeth, you know, I'm like well, we just mastered do getting it done, yes. period. Yes. Um, yes. And getting dressed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we were getting hung up and mm-hmm. books for elementary school kids aren't dealing with that. No. Yeah. And the the thing that really struck me, I mean, as soon as I started boot camp and saw, you know, started your material and saw the way you structure things is that you have got all of the bases covered. It's so comprehensive. Yeah. I mean, I was super impressed, which was a relief for me, you know, because I did go into it wondering like, I don't know. I, you know, it's just <laughs> sure, different. Like when you're there, you're There's like, so many ah. people who are, you know, they're in the same boat as you. So share. Well, you know, like I think as a therapist, you, you have this awareness that other therapists are also just people. Yes. Whereas like um, when you're not one, it can 
they can seem a little more like they know so much or whatever, you know, and I'm maybe a little more skeptical. I'm like, well, she's just a person. So, but like (laughs) your your material is so comprehensive and it covers like absolutely every aspect of things that we run into. And if it wasn't in the material, then in one of the calls we'd bring it up or another group member would bring it up. And it was like, you had seen this before. It was such a relief because it it feels like when we were looking for answers elsewhere, it was all stuff. It just didn't, the stuff that we were looking at didn't really apply to us all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So Ashley, let's move into that. What was one of the things that I had you do that sounded crazy? (laughs) Huh? Or the things that I told you, you know, one of the first things where you were like, I don't know who this lady is and what's going on here. No, I really ate it up. <laughs> no, I was like, this is kind of a tough I question for you. I was like, a pretty quick convert. <laughs> I think one of the things that surprised me most was when I came to you about homework and my nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. Homework has always been just a huge dramatic issue mm-hmm. for him since it started in kindergarten, which I also thought was ridiculous. And so I was kind of struggling with that myself. And, um, you know, and, and you like gave me permission to take less responsibility for him, which is what I wanted to, but I didn't feel like a good parent could do that somehow or something like I was supposed to be trying this hard. And so I think that was the piece that ended up surprising us the most was like, there are some ways in which working with you has gotten us way more involved. And then there are some ways in which it's, helped us be able to just let go of it and have it be our kids thing. Yeah. Um, which feels right to me when I think about it. Like I do want them to learn about responsibility now and not when the stakes are higher. Right. Um, but it's this really interesting blend of like putting a lot more in, in a way, like I, like there were a lot of things that you had us do toward family time and games and like restructuring our household. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, letting us back out like the time my nine-year-old forgot his backpack in my car. Do you remember that? (laughs) Forgot it at home, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he's the kind of kid who would, who would freak out about that, but that would be really upsetting for him. He'd be super worried about getting in trouble at school And, um, he's hopping out of my car on the way to school and he says, Oh, where's my backpack? You forgot my backpack. Can you go get it? And my first reaction was, Oh my gosh, let's reschedule everything and like, go get the backpack (laughs) because he's going to flip out. This is going to be really hard for him. And I want to keep him from, from feeling the shame that he's going to feel embarrassment, fear, you know, I want to help all that not happen. And then I, you know, slowed it down. I called my husband. I was like, I was going to ask you to run over here with it. But actually, I think, would you be able to drive to do it when you are driving by anyway later on? And then I reached out to you to just confirm, like, here's what we're leaning toward doing. And you fully supported it. And it was so good for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it and, you know, it actually didn't even have the like the intensity of the meltdown that I would have expected because I was ready for it when I picked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to just correct him once that I hadn't forgotten it mm-hmm. that he had. And, you know, it was like the beginning of a new, um, level of responsibility for him and off of us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I was more confused about how to do that before I worked with you, how to not take responsibility for him, but still have him feel like we care. Yes. Yes, because this this is this is the nuanced work we we have to do with parenting highly sensitive kids, right? Because that's not brand new information, you know, me telling you to do that. But how, and when, and mm-hmm. what makes it turn out well versus a freaking disaster? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how. That's how we make it. Yeah, like there was this, there's this way that you have us do it that really suits me. It's like, um, it's compassionate, mm-hmm. but it's not like coddling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it's really 
it was, it's really easy for me to coddle, frankly, in some ways with my nine year old, because he's so sensitive and gets so upset. And, um, I want him to learn now how to weather those storms. And, and I think the way a lot of parents do it is because it's uncomfortable for them to see their kids suffer. They just kind of like push them off the ship. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we call it tough yeah, love. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I, what was really nice to me about the way you approach things Preach. is that it was <laughs> tough love because that's just, I feel like a lot of times that's just a, a phrase to cover up like kind of cruelty or heartlessness, you know, like I just don't want to feel that. But this is like, I'm going to let you feel your own stuff mm-hmm. and I'll be compassionate with you. And, um, you know, like as you go through boot camp, the approach gets really um, strategic, I think. And so it's like, and I'm also going to be having you do that in increments that you can handle. Yeah. yeah. Which is the other really nice thing. So like with my six-year-old, I kind of wanted to be just like, well, you just figure out how to get ready in the morning, you know, like when I was fed up. But, um, and I don't think anywhere else, you know, with folks who don't get HSCs, would people be like, I mean, this isn't what you said, but let's start with socks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it truly, like, that's what it takes with them. And, and you're really helpful at, like, breaking that down. And, the cool thing is that we start with something like socks and now honestly our mornings are very easy. I mean, when we started working with you, <laughs> we would like dress her like a limp rag doll, you know, I'd be like pulling her, her arm in and stuff. And now we're at the point where usually she will choose cause it's up to her to put on her own clothes the night before mm-hmm. she will put them all on, get them out and put them on and put the dirty clothes in the hamper. Mm-hmm. And um, in the morning, she will get herself out of bed. And if she wants to use words and ask me to carry her to the bathroom to for teeth and hair, I will carry her. Mm-hmm. But I let her ask me now, which is, that's like one of the kinds of things that's hard for her. Mm-hmm. And we do those quickly and without issue. Whereas before it'd be like, you know, I'd finally get her in the bathroom and then she'd be like, I want daddy. And then <laughs> daddy would come up and do a third of it. And then she'd want me, you know, and everyone's stressed and yeah. Tag team parenting. And, and what we're doing is noticing that you guys aren't at the point yet where she's a hundred percent independent in the mornings. And it's also true that she's not hitting her brother anymore. She's not right. creating this chaos after school. And, so and she's guys, not yeah. she's not hurting the way she was before. So like before mm-hmm. the idea of getting ready to her was so paralyzing. Yes. That she couldn't even start to get through it. Yes. And now she has some help, which I mean feels like pretty age appropriate to me, you know, that I'm putting her hair up for her and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's none of it is drama. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and how, how certain do you feel, knowing where you are now, that you'll be able to stop, aside from doing her hair, given the fact that she's six, other physical assistance in helping her in the mornings, in the um, next three months? I think if we decide that that's our priority right now, that we would easily be there. Yeah. In three months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something really important because when we think about where you guys were at and and the struggles that she was having, I want to talk about some of the challenges that you observed in school and where she is now. And then yeah. also what your afternoons looked like and where mm-hmm. how that happens. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, so... So school had me really concerned, um, especially, I think, because my nine-year-old was kind of one of those HSCs who was really good at school, and it wasn't really an issue aside from the homework. Um, with her, there just didn't seem to be any progress. Like, um, she wasn't, she hadn't nailed all the letters in the alphabet, and when I would come into the class to help, I would notice that she was 
like really far behind wherever, where other kids were on classwork mm-hmm. or like they'd send home worksheets at the end of the week and hers would be essentially blank. Mm-hmm. And I knew just from having observed that she was just sitting in there, not really knowing what was happening around her. So they would, you know, teach a lesson on the overhead and then give them worksheets to do it on their own. And, and it was sort of like she hadn't seen the lesson and also like she didn't quite know like, oh, this is what we're doing. It was like whatever the teacher said didn't reach her all the way. Yeah. So um, this year we started working with you, I think, two weeks before school started, which was a coincidence, but really great timing for us. Yeah. And um, so we had kind of changed the way things were going at home. And then school started and we had your support with that transition, which is, you know, can be an exciting one. <laughs> exciting is an operative word. <laughs> now for you, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not the word you used in August. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God. Um, and I was prepared for that though, because, you know, like we went to back to school night and her teacher, she's a really lovely teacher who asked what she should know about our, our kiddo. And I was already prepared from my work with you to, to like be able to explain, like, here's what's going on with her. Um, and if it feels like she's not listening or, you you know, she doesn't get what's going on, like you can just connect with her one-on-one in a quiet setting. And anyway, um, so fast forward, what, like three months that we've been in school, I've had two phone calls and one conference with the teacher and they've all been like more or less based on my anxiety about how things were going (laughs) and not, I mean, there's nothing reportable from class, but you know, I'd be like, you know, is she talking in class? Has she ever raised her hand? And, um, as soon as the first call, the teacher was letting me know that she was not seeing anything this year, um, that I had described from the previous years. Oh yeah. Like, that that wow. didn't sound familiar to her. Wow. Totally so, new kid. Uh, yep. So when we had our conference, um, which which is also really great for me to hear, like these changes, we're we're seeing changes at home, and they've been really helpful. And really big changes are also happening outside of home, and yes. you know, that's something huge that we're, that we're celebrating. I mean, that that was what was really worrying us, you know. Um, and so a couple weeks ago we had our parent teacher conference and she went through like all the metrics with me. And one of the things that she shared with me that touched me so deeply was that they had done a reading comprehension test where the teacher had read something out loud and then the students had their own answer sheet where they marked the answers and she had scored 24 out of 25 on the reading comprehension. I know. (laughs) I mean, I thought I was going to cry. I was like, my child did? (laughs) she got 24 out of 25 because that is that to me sums up that that's a measure of everything that we were concerned about, right? Like in order to do well in reading comp, you need to be able to listen to someone talking. You have to recognize that someone's talking and you're supposed to be listening. You have to be calm enough and regulated enough to listen to it. And then you have to retain enough of it, which was the other thing that was happening is that she wouldn't retain stuff from school in order to answer these questions about it. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was so happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The other cool thing is you- that she's had, and this is, I think how we ended up on the phone with the teacher was that she had had a couple times at school where something had happened with a, a classmate and she had cried or been upset and it gave me a chance to tell the teacher that's really exciting for us (laughs) because previously it was, she was like a stone wall. Like she wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been there enough to um, get her feelings hurt and then not there enough to show it or communicate it. And the day of the conference, something had happened in class where, um, you know, someone had done something and my daughter's feelings were hurt and my daughter cried and, and a couple of her friends like comforted her and the teacher is very thoughtful and aware of what we're working on, went up to her privately instead of addressing it in front of the group. My daughter was able to tell her that she was sad. She was able to tell her why. 
Beautiful. They called over her friends and Beautiful. the teacher facilitated an apology and my daughter was able to like repair with her. I know what <laughs> Ashley, Ashley I know. I know bicycle child <laughs> that we had coming in at the end of July. Literally like no no awareness, no 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 just not grounded, not not present in the moment available right. and open to you know mid boot camp where she would hold it all in and then explode and then finally tell you what was bothering her you know we got her through that but then now it's not even a thing I know it's really amazing yeah and the thing that was really helpful for me too that I had learned to conceptualize all this is like my kiddo's been frozen because she hasn't been able to feel the dysregulated feelings and she's going to move down through those before she gets to regulation. And yes. so for us crying at school is a win. Yes. Right. Yes. Because that means she's at school. Yes. Like <laughs> she's in her body at school. Emotionally. Yeah. Yes. She's present. She's feeling school. She's yeah. There. Yep. And, and so, so now mm -hmm. Like if I get a, especially if I get a heads up from, you know, like another, like a talkative kid's parents or something, like if I know something happened at school, then I can just name like something happened, something happened at school today and you're sad about it and then we can go through it. Yeah. So no more Which is why, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, well, it, which never got me anywhere. No. Like it was just, no. yeah. Funny question. No, it never goes anywhere. You're like a rabbit hole. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Anybody there? Um, exactly. Yeah, I would always feel like, are you there? Because she just literally wouldn't answer me. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get a little clinical here because we know that HSPs can be misdiagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So thinking of what you know in terms of the inattentiveness inability to comprehend if you had gone the educational route spoken to the teacher you know let's get my kid evaluated mm -hmm. from a learning disability standpoint where do you think you'd be i mean i've thought about this a lot because when i was trying to figure out what was going on you know i would like assess all this stuff myself and yeah. i was thinking a lot a lot more often i would wonder about autism mm. and um and about selective mutism, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, I think if we had pursued those, um, we just would have found ourselves in a much more clinical and pathologizing place yeah. where it was like, there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And she's actually picking up on a lot. Mm -hmm. She's not missing everything. And right. she would have felt that, you know, yeah. like she even was, you know, able to tell me before that she didn't like being called shy because it didn't match what she was feeling. And I think if she had felt like something was wrong with her, it would have really like shut her down a lot more. Yeah, further, further into the hole. Yeah. It's more like, okay, she does stuff her own way. She does get like super focused on what she's working on, but it's not like a clinical diagnosis it's like we're finally seeing her personality yeah which is really exciting beautiful yeah no i know i wanted to know who she was <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean and that's the thing like when on our first call you said i feel like i don't know my kid yeah yeah and that she was so sad and scary to me yeah like where are you in there who are you yeah yeah and I feel like we're getting to know her. She's like pretty clever. She's a little bit funny, you know, <laughs> like she's actually really picking up on a lot of stuff. She's pretty observant. Mm -hmm. oh, and awesome. yeah, yeah. Peeling off the layers of the onion. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's felt like with her. Yeah. And, and not having to wait forever to do it too. You know, I mean, this is yeah. August. It's right. Uh, yeah. Of December yeah. Now. Thaw happened really quickly. Yep. I love how you call it the thaw. I love it. Like the thaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did happen really quickly. And it's also been great to have this feedback from the teacher and, you know, that I knew how to bring her on board mm -hmm. um, so that I could know just how much work 
she's doing outside of our house, um, which helps me be more patient when things don't always feel quick or easy inside our house. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like we were saying, you know, her doing all her own grooming isn't a priority to me right now because we've shifted to really working on like, um, expression and the way you talk to people and stuff, because as she's thawing, it's like, okay, we're hearing more from you now. You, you have lots of bumpy feelings about that. And so it's not always like as kind as it could be. And, and you're open to working on that right now. Like it's, yeah, it's really neat. When you have a system, you know that you're not putting things on, you know, you're not, you're not like forgetting things or brushing it under the rug. You're just putting it on the side burner. Not the back exactly. Yep. The side burner. Yep. That's exactly what it's like. It's like I, um, the prioritizing really helps me not feel as overwhelmed too, because if there's something where I'm like, you know, okay, this could be way better. Am I choosing to focus on that right now? Or am I choosing to come up on that one later? If I know that I'm, not focusing on it right now, then it's way easier for me to be calm about it. Like, yeah, yeah, of course this is hard. We're not working on this one yet. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you changed as a a person, a parent, you know, you kind of just touched a little bit on that, you know, of course it's hard. I mean, it speaks to validating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, an interesting side effect of the group was learning more about myself as an HSP. Mm -hmm. And so um, some of the ways I've changed is just seeing stuff that I struggle with and recognizing it as that instead of like a failing, you know. (laughs) So like, you know, my thing is that I will get overwhelmed easily. And so I can see that now. It's like, oh, that's me getting overwhelmed. That's just like part of the way I'm built. Here are the things I can do to have that not be such a big issue, but you know, it's also just part of the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other big thing for me is that, you know, thermometer versus thermostat, mm-hmm. um, distinction, which I'm not sure if you talk about in the group, if you've talked about in the group or not, but like, I feel like less reactive. Yeah. Um, whereas before we started working with you, I mean, I just felt like I was being pummeled by my kids, you know, especially by my six year old, Mm -hmm. um, because everything felt so hard and, um, you know, the getting them to brush teeth, just so hard. (laughs) And it felt like why, you know, it's hard not to take it personally. Like, why are you making this so hard for us or for me? Um, and my mindset has shifted a lot more toward you're having a hard time with this. I learned a lot about what is hard for them mm-hmm. personally, each one of them personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and can put it in perspective mm-hmm. easier when things are rough. And I love hearing this because what I, you know, what I, what I see, you know, some of the catchphrases that I use in terms of the years of, of education training, it's not new information but it's put in a way that you can actually make it useful for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like I knew all of this stuff, (laughs) but no one had ever asked me to work on it um, like specifically and incrementally before. Mm -hmm. And so um, the progression through boot camp, the way you have things laid out, it made a ton of sense to me. And, you know, it started by working more on me and my reactions. And it was so concrete what you were asking us to do, like the, the homework, the exercises and stuff that, I don't know, it just felt doable. It just felt doable this time. Yeah. Also, I was like, you know, I mean, I was committed. So I was like, I'm gonna do this. Like, yeah, yeah. I want I need to do something for them. Mm-hmm to try to write this. And mm-hmm. so I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm really going to do it. That's really what it takes for parents. You know, if you think about where you guys are at, everybody watching what it takes, it takes somebody who's willing to know that you're all in, like, there's no, what ifs that yeah. hold you back. There's no, and that's again, why I loved, and even your husband, Matias, like, <laughs> I love him too. And the sense that, <laughs> 
he <laughs> and, and I, can we share what we laughed about last week about what he said? I can't remember what it is. Oh, so okay, go good. For it. So I'm gonna share it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because one thing I require is that both parents show up, right? And so, because I think that's so important in terms of where, you know, you having your expertise, you know, being an adult therapist who specializes in working with HSPs, repairing all the childhood polyvolu and baloney and and sometimes trauma, but also childhood emotional neglect, just by nature of mismatched parenting. Mm It can put you in this giant dichotomy. And, and lots of moms who read a ton of shit on Google or books can put themselves in this dichotomy, too. So it's not just by the nature of your profession, but sure, um, yeah, of like you're trying to teach him and parent, but you're both missing. And, and so then mm-hmm. you're stuck. And then and so and not unique to us. Like he would really rather not be taught by me. Exactly. You know, <laughs> oh, just <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. that was a huge draw for me, actually, was that you wanted both of us there and you asked the same thing of both of us. And, and, you know, just knowing, I mean, that was the other thing we had tried was that I had done a bunch of stuff without his help yeah. and having you deliver it instead. And the, and the format that you use is so well done and professional that it's, easy for someone who's kind of not in our field to, to buy in. Yeah. That skeptical. Sense. We can call it what we is. Skeptical. Yeah. He was like, yeah, but yeah. really, but really, is this really what I need to do? Yeah. Like, okay. Really? So I remember what he said to me last, <laughs> what I told you last week. <laughs> so go ahead, tell everybody what's going on and what, what, what we're dealing with after what? Yeah, ninety days. He came to me one day. I mean, are you, you're talking about the mansplaining, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, he came to me one day. This was not during boot camp, thank God. But um, and he was—he had been reading something online, and he wanted me to know how interesting it was that he—he'd learned that it actually matters how you talk to people. That has an impact on how they hear you and whether or not they're willing to work with you. <laughs> And I was like, I mean, I knew you when I was getting my master's degree in that, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm dying still hearing this for the second time because I I love him. And I'm not Southern, but bless his heart. (laughs) I know, right? But he's right. It actually does matter how it's delivered. And if it's delivered by someone who's not your wife, it is apparently like way more effective. (laughs) And it sinks into the point where you can start skeptical. You can start questioning. You can start being like, all right, you know, I'm here. I might as well, you know, that's, I'm the kind of person who finishes what I start. But I'm going to ask lots of questions, see if I can poke any holes in this. And then... 90 days later, it's your identity. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and you come to your own conclusion. And so just that, we laugh at it, but I also think it's so important for parents to hear this, that you can shift the whole dynamic of the family as well as who you are as people and what you believe and understand of the human brain and development and, and relationships in in rapid time yeah yeah you really can so last question before before we finish here and you know, we could we could talk all day i love you so much <laughs> um what what are the big takeaways that you want the parents in you know who are watching this to to understand what's very it doesn't have to be one thing like what's really important um you you're not supposed to know how to do this on your own. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that wow. this is not just an intuitive thing mm-hmm. that you know how to do. I mean, parenting and parenting an HSC and having a family, like it's actually requires a lot of intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not bad about you that you need help with that. That's, that seems just like the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that you can really help your kids change without feeling like 
like you're forcing something that's not true for them or like you're being harsh. Yeah. So because I think a lot of the ways discipline or changing your kids is sold to people is like shaping them up or like that tough love stuff. And actually you can have limits and it be super loving. Yeah. 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 Great. So take you back to when you first got in the ninja group. Okay. The, the, um, like the one that I was in for so long. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Before boot camp. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, knowing what you know now, would you have waited five months to make this decision for your family? Hmm. Um, I'm not really a regret person. So I feel like it's okay with me that I, I have a slow build and then I know, but I think what I would, that would have been helpful for me to get sooner is that this will actually work. And that's what I wasn't sure of what I was scanning for all that time was like, but would this actually help us? And, um, now on the other side of it, like what I could tell myself is there's so much support and effective material in boot camp, um, that if you show up and do it even a lot of the way, not like a hundred percent, (laughs) <laughs> a lot will come out of it yeah. that it, that it, that it, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think what I, what I was sitting on for those five months was like, would this be a, especially like a purchase that I regret? Mm-hmm. And absolutely not. Like if mm-hmm. I could have known then like this stands up to what I'm hoping it will be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For families who are struggling with what you've, you know, what, what you were struggling with, skeptical about what's going to work, what do you think will help them feel certain that they can do it themselves? Hmm. They can make this change. Mm-hmm. I felt like the that free consultation phone call that you offer, that you do to both for us to get to know you and also for you to screen people for whether or not they're suitable for boot camp mm-hmm. is the thing that made it clear to me that this would help mm-hmm. and that I had, I was waiting on that one for longer than I needed to. Mm-hmm. And that just like reaching out to you to, to talk, you did, I mean, you were gathering information from us, but you were also putting it back in a new framework and helping us see things, I think, more clearly than it felt in our heads. Mm-hmm. And that was the clarifying call for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my suggestion, actually, would be, like, you have nothing to lose by doing the consultation. And I would, rec- I would recommend that for folks who are considering yeah. boot camp, to just yeah. go ahead and do the consultation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For me, when you, I mean, that's what kind of an intake is like with any therapist, yeah. you know, you offer them what you want to work with and they, they organize it for you in their framework and let you know, like, here's how I see this working. Yeah. And that's what that call was for me. It was like, oh, Megan has a plan mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. There's a structure to this already. Mm-hmm. And already everything I've told her about my two kids that feels so insurmountable to me fits with stuff she's seen and worked with before. <laughs> like she's ready for us. Yeah. So yeah. that's what the call did for me. Mm. Ready, 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 ready than ever. So last thing then, I guess, cause I think there's some, there's something that swims around in a lot of parents' heads is the difference between therapy and coaching in this setting. Oh, it's obviously so- I've got, you know, yeah. the credentials, but it's, I'm not, mm-hmm therapist yeah that was really interesting for me as a therapist by the way um this is very 
practical and responsive to what's happening in the in the immediate moment. Whereas therapy is more like receptive and reflective in a way, if that makes sense. I think parents who have taken their kids to therapy will recognize this, that like you take them and it's sort of like, okay, but now what? Whereas this is like, your kids aren't going to boot camp, you are. <laughs> this is a how-to, yeah. right? And the thing that's different from like reading a book or just taking a course that's not interactive is that we bring to you our very specific situations and you're like, I mean, you have an uncanny memory for, for tracking people's kids mm -hmm. and what makes them tick. And so you are addressing each particular kiddo mm -hmm. in like what we need to do next or whatever. Like, but it's very guided and deliberate and therapy is much more spacious and slow. Yeah. <laughs> slow is not, not a word in my vocabulary, actually. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you would stand that, actually. I'm trying to imagine you dealing with that part of therapy. But it is. It's like you wait for stuff to happen in therapy and in coaching, or at least this coaching program is the only one I've been in. Um, <laughs> you make stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. So. But that's that's how it has to be done. You know, I teared up when you said the you know how what makes each kid tick. Like there's no other way to do that. There's no other way yeah, to do that. Yeah, I feel that way as an adult therapist, but I actually think most therapists don't. I think most therapists treat problems. Yes. And not people. Yes. And that would that was probably another one of my hesitations was like, would a one size fits all thing work for my kids? But what your program is is not one size fits all. I mean, it's like there's a general size <laughs> and you do all that. And then there's a lot of tailoring that you personally do. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Cause it's like the things that help my six year old don't help my nine year old, even though they're both, both HSCs. Yeah. And yeah. you've got, I mean, it's really funny to see you work in a group. Cause like you've got everyone's kid dialed down. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we should take that offline. But one thing I think is funny about that is like, so I was talking to somebody over video and they, 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 <laughs> they pointed out to me that when I think my eyes scan to the top of, of uh -huh. the ceiling yeah. and now I can't stop thinking about it. So let me bring this up today. <laughs> well, it's funny because I realized at some point, like you haven't even seen these kids. Like you've never, you've like never even seen photos of my kids. How do you have them so like nailed down, you know, but you really do. Lots of kids up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's that growing up? We had that, um, what's that, 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 uh, oh shoot where you ha you could switch it and you could see the film a viewfinder because they, they put them on phones now, where it's like it. this and you twist it and you're yeah, looking at different yeah. pictures like yeah. pictures or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> that's how my Yours brain is works like it's like a chart note or something <laughs> with like kids pertinent details in the, but like you get their personality out of it i really <laughs> really enjoy that about you <laughs> Well, Ashley, it's been a pleasure. I, I thank you so, so much. And I can't wait, yeah. you know, to see you monthly showing up too. like, you know, this is not stopping. We've got you figured yeah. out. And, and, and it's, it's, it's happening. And it's just so lovely to serve yeah. your family and to serve you because um, it, it's awesome. I just love it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your help. Yeah. All right. Um, everybody, I'll post the link. Go ahead, book that call. Ashley, um, you know, suggested we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll we'll make sure that we know what's going on with your family, whether or not this is the right fit, and how we're going to tailor what I teach to your specific family's needs. Just like we saw Ashley with you know two very 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 different children. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the success so awesome thank you so much have a wonderful hump day i'll talk to you later okay, okay. bye bye 
Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.